What's up, you dirtbags? Before we dive into this episode, I want to give a huge shout out to one of our day one supporters, Kinetic Leasing. If you've ever listened to the podcast before, you've definitely heard us talk about them. Uh, They are our go-to team for money questions and also getting approved for financing. Uh, Not only do they help us, but they help many others that listen to the podcast get approved for financing. It's an application only financing up to $250,000 on approved credit. Uh, They have fast approvals and you can save cash with no money down. At the very least, just give them a call, see what you can get approved for, and then check your rates. A couple ways you can reach out to them. You can give their office a call. It's at 701-476-0221. Just make sure to mention that the Dirtbag sent you and uh, they'll definitely help you out. And then you can also email them, sales at kineticlease.com. We also have all of their information on the Dirtbags podcast website. So go check them out. Tell them we sent you. And uh, let's get into it. What's up, you dirtbags? My name is Luke Eggerbratton, and this is the number one podcast in the world for the dirtbags. Uh, here with my co-host, number one Mr. podcast in the world for dirt. For dirt. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if I can dirt claim bags. that, but for if you're a dirtbag, it's the number one podcast in the world. Luke, how are we doing? Cheers, brother. I am doing great. I'm not drinking. I am doing dry January with rye. Really? Yeah, we're going to give that a go. And then hopefully that just leads right into her getting pregnant. And then I am not drinking her entire pregnancy. I'm holding strong to that one. Jeez, dude, that's a big step. Congrats. Um, yeah. So that would potentially on the road to like 10 months of sobriety here. Yeah. Wait, so I have a question though. So our Michigan Septic Tank Conference is in February. So if she's not pregnant by then and it's after oh. January... Then I'm definitely drinking. Okay, cool. Because I'll yeah. be back in the saddle uh, yeah. by the time by the time that show rolls around. February is kind of a kind of a month where I've got some things planned that maybe I could pause that month anyway. Yeah, but you, you kind of we'll, need like that in between month. But yeah. unless unless she gets pregnant, then uh, sure. then you're then shit you're out of luck. But anyway, dry January, so I have nothing. I should have grabbed a water, but yeah, you- dude, it's it's kind of sad. I mean, I. I've got two waters and a decaf coffee right now. So we're, we're losing our edge. I feel this like this is not true dirtbags fashion. No, but it's a, uh, so we'll back up a little bit. So we were talking about this. It's January 2nd at the time of this recording. Uh, we were talking about, you know, goals and all that stuff, but um, talking about, you know, the excitement we're seeing with, you know, friends and people we know and everything, but where's that line of, you know, this should have been done a year ago, I guess is kind of the discussion or is it, you know, today is still your best day to start. I, you know, there's never, you know, there's never a better time to start than now, Yeah. but I feel like there are things that need to be thought about ahead of time in order yeah. to maybe get ahead because going into new year's, right. It's, it's great to have goals. It's great to come up with new ideas and implementations and I'm going to do this. You know, I, I, A good like analogy is the gym. Everybody come January 2nd. Oh, I'm going to the gym. I'm going to get fit. Great. You know, glad you started, but why didn't you start earlier? You know, or, oh, hey, I have a wedding coming up in a month. I'm going to drop 20 pounds. Well, maybe why didn't you give yourself a little bit more time? You know, instead of one month. My question, and because I I hear what you're saying too, and I know you're not trying to like, uh, say it's a negative thing to start a goal, but I also see too, 
why is it always like every year it's January 1st when if you're really starting a goal, it should be going on anyway. You know what I'm saying? Where it just continues on and is a habit of your life. And so it seems like, and there's proof that there's a point somewhere in the year where you fall off. And I think focusing on that uh, could be a better, I guess, um, place to put your energy instead of, you know, the January 1st, it's like, well, why do I keep falling off my goals? And like, let's fix that problem. Good point. Yeah. Great point. I just yeah. thought of that right now. So oh, it's no, it's good. Cause I was not trying to be negative as far as like, you know, you should have started your goals a long time ago, you know, behind it is like you and I were kind of talking, everybody come new year's has these great ideas of how they're going to impact their business going into 2024 great. Do you have enough time to implement those? Do you have, you know, the backing to implement those? Do you have the systems in place? You know, and if you don't, I mean, it's a great time to start, but there's, there are some things like you and I were talking about, you need to get ahead of the curve. If you want, you know, business is business. If you want to be competitive, you got to get ahead of that curve and you got to do some of these things sooner. Yeah, dude, that's a great point is time because everything I've done in business always takes a little bit longer than I think, or the deadlines I set or the goals I set even, uh, usually takes just a little bit longer than, than I expect. So instead of, you know, January 1st setting that goal, what if, what if we start getting ready for that at the end of Q3 and start getting the systems in place and start, or it doesn't even have to be at the end of Q3. It could be any time in that range. And I think, that might even help you if you if you think that you're one of those that starts on a very specific date and that helps, maybe try doing just a random day. Like let's say September 17th, let's start a new goal that day um, yeah. and see if that can help carry you into the new year with some momentum. I agree. Yeah, because I mean, again, New Year's is a great time to reflect back and say, here's the shit that I did wrong and here's what I'm going to improve on. It's just acting on it, you know, and if you want to give yourself a competitive edge, you got to make sure you have everything in place for that and so forth. So, yeah, what, uh, yeah, I mean, 2024 got, I mean, a lot of exciting things, especially for the dirtbags too. I know you and I have been talking more about it and, uh, lots of exciting dirtbags university, um, speakers we're bringing in. We've got our next one on, uh, January 30th and we got Scott Peeper coming in. We can finally um, talk about that. So he's the CEO of Mobilization Funding, and he has a podcast episode out uh, with the Dirt World Summit podcast, and that's with Jason Richmond from BuildWit. Uh, I listened to that the other day just to learn more about Scott and uh, like who we're bringing in, and it was awesome. Uh, I sent it to you, Luke, and I was amazed because when you when you get to do like these podcasts and stuff, you just learn so much about the industry and we're just we're a niche podcast too it's all construction and what scott talks about and what he does essentially as i'm getting it he's like a cash flow expert for construction companies but that's like what his business does is they provide cash flow for mobilization and for construction companies yeah which is so cool because again like you and i always talk one business fuels the other yeah right what and he doesn't have a podcast but like on his LinkedIn, he just explains, you know, got a great LinkedIn. Great yeah, LinkedIn. he's got a great LinkedIn. Everybody should go look at it. But he just explains like different scenarios. And somebody told me they're like, if you cannot explain a process to a four year old, you don't know the process yourself. 
which is very true, but he does a very good job. I don't want to say dumbing it down, but like kind of, you un- yeah. kind of dumbing it down, but helping you understand like what he is trying to say. And it just by doing that, it shows that he has so much knowledge in that field. Yeah. I mean, I think that's such a great skill set to have because me listening to it and I'm not a finance guy and I'm not really a construction guy. So me listening to it and understanding where he's coming from because of his examples, it made a lot of sense to me. So you can tell he leads like a teacher. He has the heart of a teacher. Um, but yeah, anyway, we're stoked to bring him in. Uh, the, the topic is going to be all about cash flow in construction. Uh, we've done one of those before early on with Dirtbags University, um, but this one we're really honing in. Basically, how that structure works is um, you can register for it on our website, dirtbagspodcast.com. It's on the 30th. We start at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. The idea is, you know, you bring a drink, you bring a notepad, you're, you know, there to learn and like network with other professionals in the industry from all over the world. And then essentially it's just an hour and a half. Scott will talk and present for about 30 to 45 minutes. Then we open it up for Q and a, and, uh, you know, Luke, we get to, you and I get to kind of host it and lead it. But at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's kind of Scott's show, um, uh, for this one. And he's gonna, he's gonna lead it. And then one other thing too, if you register for it, um, I think I can say this, but he is sending a free book, free copy of his book to anyone that uh, registers for the webinar. Mm, that's super cool. Yeah. Because cool, obviously there's going to be some really good information in that book. Knowledge is power and there's nothing better than free knowledge. Exactly. And so, and not to keep going down this rabbit hole, but like when I look at the dirtbags business and what we're trying to do, it's continuing to add value, especially for those dirtbags that have been with us since day one. Um, we appreciate you guys. Appreciate you so much. And ideally, you know, we keep growing this thing to get to a point where your $20 webinar uh, registration fee, it gets you like a hundred dollars worth of value, or maybe it's even already more than that if you're getting true value. But that is our goal is to just keep building this thing where we're bringing in the right speakers. We're bringing in the right uh, resources and uh, just keep the, keep the foot on the gas. Amen to that. So looking forward to that January 30th at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, right, Luke? Yes, sir. Nailed it. Um, Yeah, so the podcast and the webinar is not going away this year. So apologize if anyone was hoping it would. Thankfully, we, like you were talking, Luke, we've got some pretty, pretty fun things coming up through, you know, both you and I, the podcast, our businesses. So I think it'll be a, a record year, as Eric Church would say. Yeah, dude, I, I always think too, I think the dirt bags probably in the next five years will outperform all of our businesses combined. 100%. I would agree with and, you. And I think it's just the the nature of the business, it being a platform, it being so easy to talk to, you know, thousands of dirt bags around the world, but then just like the feedback and the questions and the the rants, it's it's been a ton of fun, but man, there's just so much we can do with it but wanting to make sure we take the right steps and obviously the content and the audience comes first and then, you know, the, the other stuff comes next, but you know, we're not afraid to put ourselves out there, I guess you could say. And, uh, you know, we're going to keep this thing going. Absolutely. But without any further ado, Luke, we have a rant tonight. Let's do it. And this is, this is one that you and I briefly kind of talked about, but I, 
without even having to talk about it, I feel that you and I have totally different outlooks on this topic. And the topic is work-life balance. I feel, and this is, this is just kind of how my, my mind works. I feel work-life balance has almost kind of become victimized in a way to where it is presented. If you do not have a life out of work, you are failing. And I don't agree with that. How so? I mean, so the way my mentality is, I want to work until I can't. My work is my stress reliever. My work is my hobbies. My work, you know, it it encompasses everything that I like to do. Yeah. And I'm not a huge, like, I don't, I, I like to take vacations, right? But I don't love to be gone very long. I love to immerse myself in constantly trying to provide something or, you know, I, you know, I just love to work in the simplest form to put it, you know, I, I, that's what I know. I'm comfortable with what I know. I'm comfortable in my workplace. I'm comfortable just putting my head down and going whether, you know, that's not saying I do it 24 hours a day, but I don't think a work like in my examples that I've seen it, people think that, Oh, I, I can only work until Wednesday and then Thursday, Friday, I need to take off for, you know, mental health day. You know, I don't agree with that. Not at all. I do think you have to have a life outside of work. And I feel like that gets kind of clouded over as far as like the definition of what that truly is. Cause everybody has a different opinion of it. Yeah. I think, and honestly too, like you're, not on the other end of the extreme like you have a great personal life as far as like you know getting out on um like doing things with your family trips like a lake day you know things like that and so i guess where i would you know where i would come in and compare and i don't want to compare myself to other people but what just for myself what i don't want to do is glorify how much pain I'm in because of how hard I'm working. Yep. And I think that's kind of where I, I can see myself or somebody going over the line where they're always just talking about, well, I work 40 hours a day. I, you know, I, you don't know hard work, but it's, if it's leading to negative effects in your life or it's leading to negative stress all the time, or just a negative attitude, like, I don't know if I want to work. 38 hours a day. And what I I line up a, a lot with what you said of working is one of my favorite things to do as far as working, running a business like Phaser or the dirt bags. Um, I I think it's an asterisk a little bit because we don't have employers and you know, there's jo- some jobs that just really aren't fun and you're not it's a little harder when you can't love the business as much as your employer kind of thing. Um, but I can speak from what I'm currently doing and that's as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, I love to work. I probably wouldn't work 24 seven if I could, but at least eight hours a day, four days a week, I, I am so dialed in and I love it. And what I've found is that what is sometimes holding me back and maybe holding others back is when your work, when 40% of it is stuff you just can't stand and stuff you just hate doing. And it's giving you like that negative 
attitude, negative energy. And it's like, well, what if we just try and figure out a way, a system, somebody to help where I can do maybe 20% of the stuff I hate to do and do 80% of the stuff where I'm just always firing on all cylinders. That being like podcasting, uh, talking to people about their business, helping people rework their numbers in a construction company, like building marketing strategies. That's just things I truly enjoy and love to do. And also on a personal level, but I guess you could kind of call it work is, is goal setting for your personal life. And so that kind of stuff, man, I just, I love talking business all the time, always, but it's tough for me because I don't really consider that work either. And the only thing I really consider work is that 20% of the stuff that, that I hate doing. Yeah, I could see that. And this is where I think our opinions differ. See, I, I don't think I could name something that I do that I hate within the industry, right? Because I, I look at it as it has to get done in order for us to succeed. You know, there's nothing that I look at where I dread to do. There's nothing that I look at where I'm like, fuck. I would just love to pawn this off on somebody else. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, I delegate tasks, but that's yeah. not dependent on if I like them or not. Usually I try to take on the most like involved because then I know, Hey, I'm making sure things are going to get done. Right. I'm making sure that there aren't going to be any mistakes. And usually those aren't the most fun. You know, I would consider that your 20% of what people hate. Yeah. And I think that changes for a lot of people too. It's mm -hmm. like, what, it, what falls under that? 20%. And, and yeah, for me, I think I just face the fact in my business and myself, there's certain things where there's somebody that's going to be way better at that than me. And I think I, it's not like a negative self-talk or I'm not beating myself up or anything, but it's more of like, okay, if the, if somebody can take care of phaser better than I can in this category, as an example. So um, whether it's building out an ads campaign for Google um, for one of our clients. Can I do it? Yes. Could I look over everything and make sure it's all good? Yes. But like, is there somebody that's been doing that for 15 years that can do it much better and in, in reverse, teach me how to do it and be better. And I think I let go of that probably three years ago of, I need to be the man controlling everything because I I think I experienced how smart some other people are and how wise other people are and also how young and inexperienced I am, but I still own the company. I'm still leading the company just maybe it looks like a little different than, you know, even you or, or some other people where I don't have, I voluntarily don't have control of certain things. I could take it back if I wanted, but I know that it's in better hands when it's not my hands. hundred percent. Yeah. And I, I totally get that too. You know, there are people that are going to be better at things than you are. That's, that's other people's jobs, right? That's why you would pay them in, in, in kind of the way I see it is yes, delegate, you know, do get people to take things off your plate. But where I'm coming from is give me the hard stuff, right? Give me the stuff that not a lot of people like to do, or you'd have to spend a fucking fortune to get somebody to do. And I will take those on because me as the owner, I feel like it is my responsibility to go through the shit. If that makes yeah. sense. You know? 100%. So that's, that's kind of where my head is at, but yeah. And to, yeah, to clarify on your last point there too, I think going through the shit, I think 
is every business owner needs to do. You need to know enough about every part of your business. And really you should be taking on the hard stuff. Um, I think where that can get lost with some people is they're like, I need to go through the shit and file my taxes for my business that does 5 million a year. And it's like, okay, like, no, like let's pump the brakes here. And, or my dad did this where he, he's probably listening. He listens to every episode, but he, you know, for the longest time, like they would do their own taxes, which is fine. But then he started looking into, okay, when do I need to switch from an LLC to an S corp? And when do I need to file these forms? And he's doing like the legal, the tax and everything. And I'm like, dad, you know, you can use Gabe who does all of our stuff at this much a month and he'll give you so much of your time back, so much of your energy, so much of your money. And it like changed his life almost. And yeah. so I think, you get a lot of time back just from, yeah. That. And so I think, and then you can ask the right questions and learn enough about that stuff. And so, you know, I love where you come from, where you want to lead and do the hard things. And I just don't want people to get lost in like, what is a hard thing mean? Correct. And when to give it up and when to give it up. Exactly. Yeah. Cause yeah. The, yeah. Cause you can bog down your whole business where if you're spending <clears throat> too much time on a task that is a $15 an hour task, let's say, and you, your time is a hundred dollars an hour, you know, that you shouldn't be doing that. But if you're talking about like the, um, managing relationships, the blowups, the fires, everything, um, you know, making the calls, selling, uh, I think all of that needs to be done for sure by the owner. hundred percent. Cause you are the business. You are the face of the business. You are the yeah. forefront of the business. I agree. Um, kind of going back to the point of work-life balance here. I was, we were driving home. We had dinner cause Anna's in town. Uh, she came back through the holidays and now she's going back to Georgia to go back to school. And I was telling right. Riley, um, just kind of telling her what we were going to talk about tonight. And, you know, she's, you know, she's kind of on the spectrum of like, Hey, 40 hours is your work time. The rest is with family. And I'm opposite ends. I'm like, no, I'm going to work until there's nothing else to do. And she's like, wow, Luke, you know, there's, there's more to life than working. And she's like, you got to live like you could die tomorrow. And I stopped her and I said, okay, well, what if I did die tomorrow? And she kind of was like, don't ever say that. And I was like, well, no, but I like, I'm serious. Like if I were to die tomorrow, what would you and Lila do? I said, with me working, I, the way I see it, 20 to 50 is when I know that I am, I call it my peak. I can get shit done between those years to really set us up to where we can enjoy 50 to a hundred, you know, and then spend more time with our kids have, you know, obviously, you know, as they're growing, you want to be there for them. And that's part of the work-life balance, but it's when you get to that 50 years old point, then you can really start to enjoy life as well. And that's kind of where my mentality comes in because it's not just me. When you have a family, you have your family to think about as well. All right, you dirtbags, we're going to take a quick break to thank one of our sponsors, Lambert Insurance Services. If you know Luke and I, you know we started this podcast to provide value to the construction industry. When we went to seek out an insurance company to work with, there's not a whole lot that are specific to the industry. And we really didn't want to work with a generalist agency, so we kind of put that on the back burner. Then we got to meet Sam Lambert. Sam is a fellow dirtbag himself. 
Uh, he's been in the industry for a long time, but he also started his insurance company in 2008, specifically for construction companies. So when we had that conversation, we knew that this would be the perfect match. Uh, so we started working with him and he's been incredible. He leads first. He wants to be a resource first and an insurance agency second. They can help with provide general liability, workers comp, commercial truck insurance, insurance for equipment, and so many more different avenues that he can provide coverage for. The great part about it is, you know, they're licensed in most states and they always quote through multiple companies. So that's how you know you can get a competitive rate. And even better, uh, Sam, he's the owner. He wanted to provide his cell number just so if you have any questions, specifically from the dirt bags, you can always text him, give him a call, ask to compare plans or just ask you know what his rates would be and then he can help direct you to the right place or answer your question from there his number is 385-204-5799 or you can reach them at their website which is lambert-ins.com so reach out to him if you have any insurance questions we're very excited about this partnership uh, sam is an awesome guy and uh, we're just excited to continue providing value for all you dirtbags so Thank you, Lambert Insurance. Give them a text, shoot them a call, let them know that you're fans of the Dirtbags podcast. All right, you Dirtbags. Are you tired of tedious manual data collection and costly field studies in your quarry or sand and gravel operations? Let's talk about Vantage Point, the first quarry operation software crafted to meet the high demands of modern data-driven quarrying. Seamlessly connect all of your equipment data and access the crucial information you need instantly. Be the hero of your operation by boosting efficiency, exceeding your productivity goals, and bottom line revenue with VantagePoint. Discover why four of the top six aggregate material producers in the U.S. are using VantagePoint. Visit vantagepointquarry.com dirt to learn more. Yeah, and one thing, and I, I think it's a really good conversation because I, I do there's so much truth in everything you're saying. I think there's also points of like pushback too. And cause I'm not mainly for you, but for other people listening that may like agree with you, but fall down push the wrong back, path. This, and, this is what the podcast is for pushback. Yeah. And so, so one, one thing I was going to say on that is um, being careful that if, you know, if you're a business owner and you're saying, you know, like want to, this is, this is the time to work. This is the time to do it sometimes you can just use that as a crutch or an excuse. And if it's not even like productive work, like if you're just out always kind of like run, almost like running on a treadmill or like a hamster wheel and you're not like improving the business. So that at 50, there is something left over or there, there's a plan. There is a, there is improvement each year. Uh, you're going to go through a lot of learning lessons, but if you're just kind of on the, you know, we got to work 24 seven, um, always. And there's, there's just not that improvement to being more productive with the work or being more efficient or dialing that in, even like working on the education piece of it, like continuing to level up your knowledge of business and how do we, um, how do we hire, how do we work more productively, things like that. And so I think just people listening, being careful to, not use it as a crutch, but use it as a positive of like, you know, we are working because this is working and you're able to show the math. You're able to show 
the positive effects of this. Um, and of course, as we're talking about work-life balance, you still, it's not like you're going to be absent for 30 years, but um, just being able to show the positive effects of working a lot harder. I think that is what you need to focus on more and not using it as like, as a crutch to say, I'm just going to work really hard because this is what I love to do. Cause you might love working more than hanging out with your family or taking care of the kids. Yep. But if it's not equating to value for your family, then, you know, you probably should go stay home. Yeah. I know. Or, or, or get a job. Yeah. True. Using the word crutch in that sense too is, is a very well-versed term. I feel like in this industry, because a lot of it, there's a trend with blue collar people, they are damaged in some way. I don't know like what ways, but the blue collar contractors or blue collar persona, they've got some sort of baggage that they're carrying with behind them. And this, this isn't everybody, but I would say this is the, the vast majority because I see it on TikTok all the time. But the reason I feel like they work so hard too is because they use work as a crutch to yeah. almost escape reality or escape, you know, their hard times or dark times or whatever the case may be. And that's okay too. Like you, there's, there's obviously a point where if you're going to work yourself to death, yeah, don't fucking do that. But yeah. working hard to get your mind off things, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, it work but, is an escape work is a, work is a place that they want to be at. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, I mean, it just, I, I totally agree because work like that is probably one of the least um, damaging crutches that you can have is like, yeah, going to work, but it looks so much better when we say it or on paper, like, yeah, you're just working hard, but there's the, the balance of it. If, if you're only spending time at work and you're not doing anything to improve like any other parts of your life, you know, you're being there for any of it and you're not seeing the improvement, you know what I'm saying? It's just, that can be tough, but I agree. It's if they, if it, if it is productive time and they, um, and they do use work as a crutch, that can be a very, very good thing. Yep. Also on that note too, sacrifices, right? Work is hard. Yeah. I hate when people are like, oh, work is so hard and oh, I have to do this. It's like, you know what? That's just life. You kind of got to suck it up a little bit and you do have to make sacrifices if you want to do anything in your career, whether you're an employer, an employee, a temporary worker, right? If you want to level up in your career, level up in your, you know, whatever, you got to make sacrifices. And that yeah. is something I don't, people make sacrifices, right? It is, it is very, you know, prominent, but I feel like it's becoming kind of like people don't want to. Yeah. You know? And not necessarily in the construction space, but just like our generation, I'll, I'll encompass you and I loop to where, yeah. I feel like our generation of people do not really want to sacrifice. They're just there to show up, get a check, and go home and fucking pet their cats. I like how you went with cats and not not dogs. Not dogs. Yeah. I um, hate cats. Yeah, same. <laughs> but a lot of it's up top. It's um a mental game. And in like the way I try and look at it always is for one, from a place of gratitude, it's like the fact that we live in America and we are 20 some years old and we got to go through school and we get to live and are healthy. We have two legs, two arms, like there's, you could go on and on. So just like starting from that perspective, um, 
but then instead of looking at it as like a negative thing, a sacrifice, like why not look at it as a positive, like, like a challenge, a challenging yeah. yourself to be better, um, sacrificing so that we have more to do this or so that I can spend more time with them or, you know, so focusing more on the positives and not making sacrifice like a big, scary negative thing or challenging yourself is bad or work is hard and that sucks. But like, is it teaching you anything? Are you being, are you getting any discipline out of it? Are you learning anything? And it should be hard. You shouldn't be comfortable. Uh, you should be challenged always. And if you're not, you need to do something harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like how you said, you know, it's almost where sacrifice is looked down upon. Like that is a bad thing to where sacrifice you should look at it at a positive, like you said, yeah. look at it as a challenge. Look at it as something that can bring more value to your life. It's, it's a temporary adjustment is how it should be looked at. Yeah. And then I talk about this all the time with people like starting businesses or people that want to start um, the number one like personality trait or skill set that they can work on is delayed gratification because mm-hmm. so often we all see you know people with businesses and it's all awesome. They do have the nice truck. They have the, the cool, whatever Instagram page and equipment or uh, employees. And it's just all great. But, um, and, you know, I'm not going to be the one to sit here and tell you it's all bad either. Like it is great. It is fun. It, but it, it, there's a process to get there and to get there, there's delayed gratification that, you really need to hone in on. And, you know, a great example is even your business and my business. And you look at anyone it they, they'll tell you, if you really look into somebody's like finances is a a good way to start. So if a business is doing like a million dollars in revenue and you look at how they got to that point and how much they paid themselves, it wasn't a million dollars every single year. It's not even a million dollars this year because that's top line revenue. There's a lot that goes into that expenses, taxes, you name it. And I think having that delayed gratification and challenging yourself and sacrificing yourself, but doing it for a good reason and having that why, um, will just keep help, will help you continue to go on and fuel yourself to see past this year, even next year and see like, well, why are we even, you know, running Western or why are we running phaser? What are we even doing all this for? And so it gets more exciting. And then the conversations you have are more exciting. The money, the new clients, that all that stuff, new employees, it's all more exciting because it, it gets you closer to, to your goal of why you're even doing it. 100%. It's fun that you just brought up the, um, I fucking lost it now, but I'm trying to think of what I wanted to say. But you were you were talking about, you know, traits and positivity and delayed gratification. Yep. Right. I'm reading good to great right now. And they talk oh, nice. a lot about that in that book. I, I just started it last night. I'm on like page 45, but they talk about yeah. like the five essentials of, you know, the level five leaders, what they call them. And those level five leaders, they, they were, there was a study that they did with all these different companies within these time frames, And some just excelled like boom. Like if you were to invest in their companies, there were some that were five, six, seven times, your money at that time, if you would have, like there was one, I think it was Walgreens. If you would have invested $1 into Walgreens from, I think it was 1972 to, you know, 1988 or something. To, yeah. In Walgreens, I think was the guy's name. You would have made, you know, from that $1, 
from when he started to when he stopped, you would have made $39 compared to that one. So it just shows that return. And they did a case study on all the different like personalities of these owners. And there was 11 companies out of like 1500 to where there was like a pattern. And it's really cool to like read about that and kind of like understand. But one of them was like delayed gratification. And then the other was, you know, making sure and wanting the next person to come in because they were all CEOs, whoever this next person is, they wanted them to succeed more than they did. Yeah. You know, which is super cool. You don't see that. Everyone is, you know, they talk about there's, you know, there's level two leaders, there's level three leaders. And there was, there was one to where they tried to like buy this company out and it kind of showed the metrics of like, okay, if they would have been bought out, we would not have this. We would not have this. And it was Gillette. It was a forced buyout with Gillette and the owner was like, or the CEO was like, no, we are not selling. And if he was a level four leader, he probably would have sold, made his quick millions, but we wouldn't have the products that we right. have because of that, you know, dude. So it's, it was super cool. I was I was invested in that last night. So after after our podcast, I can't wait to get back and continue. Dude, that's that's awesome. Good for you. I uh, I should get that book. I have not read it yet, but I've heard really great things. Um, I wanted to bring up. So the book I'm reading right now is "Buy Back Your Time" by Dan Martell. Um, very very good. So I posted something on my story the other day about the replacement ladder. Uh, in your business. And James Doyle from Innovative shot me a message. He said he's on his third time reading it. It's so good. Cool. And, oh, yeah. but anyway, um, one thing that they talk about a lot and kind of the main um, point, and I wrote it down the other day because it was so good, is don't hire to grow your business, hire to buy back your time. And so you, you almost can't even argue against that because when you buy back your time, you're still growing your business. But it's it's the reason you're hiring. And if anyone hasn't read it yet, I definitely recommend it. Um, and same thing, Luke, with the one you're reading, uh, Good to Great, is it? Good to Great. It's not to cut you off, but when you're done with your book, let me know and we should yeah. just swap Dude, them. That'd be perfect. Yeah, I uh yeah, it actually should be perfect timing. So yeah. um let's do that. And then um yeah, I guess I'm trying to oh one thing I was going to say, I feel like we align on this vacations versus trips. Um, Olivia and I, we probably changed our views on this probably a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we started traveling a lot more and realized like we're not big, like vacationers. Yeah. We don't like being gone for a long time. Uh, if we're not working at all. So I'm, I'm imagining like seven days here in Mexico on a beach. Like that's not really our cup of tea. Um, but we, we started doing a lot more trips where it's like three days or four days, you know, we go up to Vancouver, come back, go up to, um, Minnesota, come back, you know, go out to, uh, Northern California, come back. And so those trips have been awesome because you're kind of on the move. Always. We still work a little bit and you're, it's basically like a long weekend. Um, but I think the vacations I'm still kind of struggling with unless it's like, for example, um, say we go somewhere for 10 days, but we work the entire week. Like I'm fine with that. Just working in a different place. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Curious to hear your thoughts on like trips and vacations and also like how long can you be gone? Because your business is different than mine. You probably need to be more hands-on like in person. Seven day vacation would be very hard. Yeah. Or like leaving the business, just 
in my mind, you know, everything would run smoothly, but it just, in my head, I'd feel like, okay, I am gone. I am enjoying when everybody else is back home busting their ass. I should be in the trenches with them is where my mind goes. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't do more than like five days on a trip just because I have the worst like ADHD and ADD to where I've got to be doing something. And there's things that I physically have to like do back home for work that I can't do. Then it kind of eats at me and it just, it's, it's not fun, you know, but like the three day trips, you know, even maybe four, those are fine. Yeah. It's just, I have to be able to work a little bit as well. You know, it's tough. Yeah. It's it's tough to get out of the work cycle just because I love to work. Yeah. So I think that's a great point getting out of the work cycle, because I feel like on those three or four day trips, you don't have to get out of the work mm-hmm. cycle. You know, you yep. can still be on the phone. You can still take calls like normal, you know, Thursday, Friday, and then potentially even on the weekend. Yep. But, um, it's a little easier where if you're on a seven or 10 day trip, you kind of have to decide like, am I pulling myself totally out? Am I working a little bit or am I trying to work full time remotely? It's just kind of a weird situation, but, um, those shorter trips are a lot easier because you're always on the move. You're always, you're always working, but you always have your phone on you too. It almost kind of like those shorter trips too. It almost gives you kind of a sense of like, well, I don't want to go yet. You know, so it leaves you wanting to go somewhere else to where if you're at a vacation spot too long, you're like, I just want to stay home. I don't want to go anywhere for a long time. Not going to do anything, you know, to where it almost is like a, it's like a guilty pleasure in a way, right? Like, oh, we have to leave now and I can't wait to book our next one to this place or whatever. Yeah, no, I think, I think it's fascinating to think about that because, um, yeah, especially like trying to grow and run a business, um, that we both enjoy. It's just fascinating to see, you know, you can still do that stuff, but at the same time, like you want to be involved with your team. Yeah. You want to be in the trenches, even like hypothetically, um, and just be there for your team. But sometimes they'll, they'll force you out too. And they're like, we got this, like, yeah. we need this time to show we you that. We can you take this. Yeah. We don't want, yeah. sometimes yeah. they need that too. Yeah. Which that is definitely a thing, but it's, you know, for owners that, and not trying to pat anybody on the back on this, but for owners that really care about what they do, it is very hard for them to leave because there is that guilt that they have to wear. Like, oh, well, I'm, you know, supposed to be enjoying this while they're not. And yeah, it's, it's a provider thing. You just want to make sure your people are taken care of. I, I've got something good. Just came to my mind. Uh, setting your business up and working hard like we're talking about working very hard so that you have a choice and so that you can leave if something comes up so that you can leave if it's your daughter's birthday so that you can, you have the choice where I've seen it so many times there's a business owner, they have no choice. They can't. And it's not just because it's um, financial, but it might be like, they have to be on site and the way the business is set up. So I think that, like I said, just popped in my head of, you know, a lot of times it's just, you know, we want to work hard, like you mentioned earlier. So we have a choice so we can do some different things. Maybe we keep working. Maybe one of us works. Maybe both of us work. Maybe I take some time off, but at least you have a choice at that point. Yeah, I like that because uh, having a choice would take stress off, right? To like, hey, I can go here if I wanted to, but I'm not going to, cause I want yeah. to do this instead. 
you know, there's, there's a lot of freedom in that. And that's what I feel like you really have to put your time into work for, you know, that yeah. doesn't just come within a five year span, a 10 year span, you know, 20 to 25, maybe, but it's probably not going to be before those yeah. know, earlier years. Yeah. And that's, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's like, no. that's, that's okay. You, you know, shouldn't expect to retire at 27 and, no. and yeah, that's another thing. People on again, social media, oh, yeah. I retired when I was 27 by doing this. That's not real. People need to realize that half of that shit is not real. A lot of those guys are fucking faking it or girls are faking it and they're taking pictures on fake airplanes and yeah, buy my shit when it's a Ponzi scheme. I could go off on that. I See, hate that's, they're, they're trying to sell the vision so to grow their own business so that they right. can get there. But yeah, you're, you're totally right. It, most of that is fake. Almost all of it's fake. Yeah. And, uh, cause if somebody has that, they usually wouldn't be posting about it anyway, but any, anybody that has something usually does not go out and like boast about it. Maybe, I mean, some people's personality, sure. Maybe they like to just, you know, it's, there's a line between bragging and boasting or, you know, the bragging boasting. And then like, showing if that makes sense right like if i'm posting something i'll take me for example right yeah. if i'm posting we bought a new 336 right yeah i would i would post a picture of that for like awareness like hey the business is growing we were able to do this like grateful yeah. compared to like posting a 336 and saying yep look what i did you know trying to brag about yourself and how you know, you were able to make that happen by your own to where it was the business. Yeah. hundred you know, percent. That indication or just, yeah. yeah, I don't know. And yeah, I think, you know, you can go a little deeper too, and it's, it's where your heart posture is and yeah. where your mindset is. And, um, I mean, it, cause it's not even about the picture. It's not even about the materials. It's more about, yeah. How it's do about you the process and how you got there and how did you get there? Was, was yeah. it you and your team? Uh, was it, you know, God that helped provide all the resources and the energy? Was it, um, was it you? It was all you that <laughs> got you there? Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that's fascinating too. It's just, uh, and you just, you can tell those people uh, when they do truly, when they're truly grateful and they're very excited and they're mm -hmm. thankful for their team and, and everything that life has presented their way. And you just want those people to win. Like you, I want to see them. I want to, I want them to brag a little more because I love to see it because you know that their, their heart posture is in the right place. And so you want to see more and pull that out of them. Um, cause that's just, yeah, you just love to see it. Mm -hmm. But when, when those people, like you said, say they do brag in a sense, it doesn't come off as bragging. Yes. Right. You can tell. You can tell there's a huge difference between those two personalities and the hype, whatever word you said, a hypostrophe or whatever the fuck. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't think it's my vocabulary. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't even remember what I said, honestly. Yeah. But you can tell the difference. So, yeah. Oh, we'll have to listen back and figure out what I said. Yeah. Maybe we'll did, have to. Did it sound smart? That one out. It sounded really smart. I was like, that's damn, good. that's a really good word, Luke. Yeah, I don't even know what I said. Um, sweet. Well, yeah, I think we can. Um, we'll wrap this one up though. It, I think that's always such a fascinating topic. And when you texted it to me, I was excited to dive in a bit more. Um, 
Yeah, because it's and maybe we didn't even uh, mm. propose it the right way because work life yeah. balance. You know, we both have a. It's I don't even think that's even the right way to say it because like who who establishes the balance or right. what is the balance? But I think it's just looking at work, looking at business, and looking at other things too. Because if like what you mentioned right away, you are working more so that you can do more with your family. You know, there's, there's a clear indication of that, but if you're just working to get away from your family and then there's no like path forward and not saying it's all about family, but, and you're ignoring your health and you're ignoring yep. uh, everything that comes with your it, well-being and yeah. your well-being, your mental state, like everything. Um, you know, I think there's a little bit more to life than just working, working, yeah. but I don't know. I, yeah. I say that. And then, um, I think it can be more well-rounded and it takes less work than you think. Mm-hmm. And it's, and you can still work in your job or your business more than you ever have. Mm-hmm. It's just more productive. Yeah. I think and you feel better. Bad job at portraying it. Right. Yeah. Cause you have two, you see the two opposite ends of the spectrum where it's like, I don't fucking do anything or I think I'm the hardest fucking worker here. You know, so it's finding that middle ground and actually representing it well. You know, yeah. that I feel like is the tough part. Yeah, I think you're right. Cause there are two extremes of, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to work and do anything. And then the one that, yeah, works 24 hours a day. Yeah. The one that yells at you that she got soft hands, you know, I <laughs> yeah, hundred so, hours in this week alone. I was going to bring this up earlier, but now we're at the end of the podcast. Um, you know, uh, I think it's Topher on TikTok. I'll have to send you some of his stuff. He he gets me going. So he uh he does exactly like what you're talking about. He's like, I d- I have three divorces. I've done Is seven. That the guy that always is wearing like pit shades. Yeah, he's fucking funny. Where it's he's like hilarious. It's like a concrete slab, and he's like, "Yep, just wrap this one up. Think it looks pretty good." And the guy with the shades comes on. You yeah. call that good work? Yeah, yeah I, he's funny. I like that. He's guy. like, I did three tours in the HOA subdivision. <laughs> <laughs> or he'll be like you'll you'll give him like a tool he's like what is this shit he's what like, is this oh, shit it's, it's my uh i don't know it's my my drill it's like is that milwaukee red he's like uh i guess oh. yeah and yeah. he just like has the two personalities oh he, he's he's a i we should we should reach out to him and see if we can we get should him have him on the podcast he'd be funny gosh that'd be hilarious but yeah. that'll be our next next thing to do so hell yeah well Cheers with my imaginary drink in hand. Thank you for the time and like, subscribe, send us your questions, guys, and we'll see you at the webinar. There we go. Uh, January 30th.